0: As this COVID-19 pandemic rages on, we at Science Versus have been keeping an eye on all the treatments that doctors are trying around the world. About a month ago, we told you about some promising research out of China into an anti-malarial drug. It was pretty obscure back then. But just this week, it felt like this drug had been upgraded to celebrity status. Thank you very much. At my direction, the federal government is working to help obtain large quantities of chloroquine. And people all around the world have really latched on to this idea that this drug could help fight this coronavirus. Google searches for its sword. Some pharmacies are saying that demand for the drug has skyrocketed. And one company told us that at hospitals, orders were up 3,000%. But when some people went looking for chloroquine... It took a dark turn.
1: A couple ended up in this hospital
0: after they each took a teaspoon of an old aquarium product they had. It contained chloroquine. So, chloroquine is making a lot of headlines right now. What is it? Well, it's a drug that's been on the market for decades. It's often used for malaria. And it's old. People have been taking it for around 70 years. And there's a few different kinds of this drug, like hydroxychloroquine. That's used for diseases like lupus. So chloroquine has been hanging around for years, doing its thing. But this week, the story of this drug took a bizarre turn. Hello? Hi, can I please speak to Daniel?
2: Yeah, this is Dan Brooks.
0: Dan is a professor of toxicology and the medical director of the Banner Poison and Drug Information Center in Phoenix, Arizona. People call his hotline when they're worried they've been exposed to something toxic.
2: So we take calls from from people dealing with occupational exposures, rattlesnake envenomations.
0: Wait, did you say rattlesnakes? Yeah, yep. That's the second one you said.
2: Yeah, we get uh, we get like about 80 or 85 rattlesnake patients a year.
0: But recently, something else has been rattling Dan. As the coronavirus started to spread in the US, Dan was getting worried that people would take matters into their own hands and start using homespun treatments and Dr. Google to cure all their coughs and fevers.
2: We've seen it happen dozens of times before. I mean, you know, we just see, we've seen this with uh, influenza when we've had bad years with influenza and, you know, we've seen this over and over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dan says for the flu, people will try all sorts of stuff. And in this pandemic, he says people were even calling his poison centre to see if they should take bleach to avoid getting sick with this coronavirus.
2: And so we just knew when as more and more things were being promoted to uh, heal or prevent COVID, so we just tried to get out and, and warn people.
0: Last Friday, Dan's team reached out to some media to try to get the word out about this.
2: So we released that, and unfortunately, within 48 hours, we had our first event. You know, our our prediction came true.
0: Dan's Poison Center got a call from a couple in their 60s. This pair had heard all the excitement around chloroquine. And then?
2: They got concerned about some vague symptoms that they interpreted may have been for coronavirus.
0: Do you mean like a sore throat or a cough, something like that?
2: Correct. Correct our so understanding that it was only the husband, but they became concerned about it and they decided that um, they may be able to prevent or treat coronavirus with a, a home product that
0: contained chloroquine. The woman involved talked to NBC about what happened. She said that she saw this stuff in her pantry that had chloroquine in it. It was something that she'd used to keep her fish healthy.
2: And I just saw it sitting in the back shelf and... But hey, isn't that that stuff they're talking about on TV? And yeah, it was.
0: They decided to take some. They mixed it with soda and pretty quickly started to feel sick.
2: It happened so fast. It got so bad so fast.
0: Here's Dan Brooks again.
2: And within 30 minutes of taking this powdered substance, both of them became uh, sick. And the wife had significant... Vomiting, which may have saved her life because that, you know, all this vomiting helped her not absorb this potentially deadly drug.
0: But her husband took a turn for the worst.
2: He had uh, abnormal heart rhythm and the electrical activity in his heart was not normal. Um, the paramedics and, and ER folks did as much as they could and did everything right. But he, he apparently had a very, very massive ingestion and he was not um, resuscitated. He died in the emergency department.
0: He died from heart failure. As the head of the poison centre, Dan was told about what happened.
2: Paramedics called us via the poison centre on Sunday.
0: And what was going through your mind when you heard about that, given that you, you tried to get in front of this?
2: Um, I, I don't know. This, I've been doing this for 20 years. So this, this happens to us almost every week. So... But you can't blame people for being afraid.
1: It's sad. I think they were driven by understandable fear and worry.
0: This is Matthew Pullen. He's a doctor and infectious disease specialist at the University of Minnesota.
1: And I think fear in the situation is understandable. It's a very uncertain time with, you know, not a lot of good options in a lot of situations. Um... But yeah, as a clinician, all I can say is that I I feel for them and I, I hate that it happened to them and I wish it hadn't.
0: Matthew is part of a team in the US that's running a clinical trial into whether chloroquine can help people with coronavirus. And he says that we know when people take chloroquine at high doses, which is what this couple took, this chemical can be dangerous.
1: They were taking, you know, many, many times more than the recommended amount. But Matt says
0: that people take chloroquine at lower doses all the time for malaria. And then the main side effects are stomach troubles like nausea and also headaches. Some people also get itchy all over their body. But generally, at low doses this drug is thought to be safe. Matt has taken it to prevent malaria and he's also given it to patients for autoimmune diseases.
1: You know, it's a drug. I've personally prescribed it probably 100 times. You know, uh, it's very, very safe. I've never had anyone that had an adverse effects from it. You've been taking it chronically.
0: The upshot here is that dosage is super important. Chloroquine is not something that you want to be self-medicating with. But at the right dose and for short periods, it can be safe. The big question, though, is can it actually help people with coronavirus? Okay. So first you have to know that a virus wants to copy itself to make more tiny particles so that it can spread into more and more and more cells. And to do that, it first has to get into our cells. So it binds to what's called a receptor and that triggers this process.
1: And then the cell ingests into a little pocket inside the cell.
0: This process of getting ingested is called invagination which is great. It's just a great word, invagination. But what's actually important here is that when a virus gets into that little pocket in our cells, the cell is like, whoop, you, you got to go.
1: It tries to digest it a lot like our stomach, you know, shoots acid into itself to digest food. That's kind of what the cell is doing.
0: And so to get rid of this nasty virus, the cell will squeeze acid into that pocket. But it turns out this strategy backfires because the coronavirus, it actually wanted the cell to shoot that acid all along. You see, the virus needs acid to reproduce to get more virus particles.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of taking advantage of a self-defense mechanism the cell has.
0: That's very rude. Yeah, very rude. (laughs) And here's where our old pal chloroquine comes into the mix. We think that it tells cells, stop it with that acid thing. It steps in to put the brakes on that process. Or as Matt says...
1: Right, it alkalizes or raises the pH.
0: In this case, you want to be basic... Okay, so by slowing down this acid thing and keeping the virus from copying itself, chloroquine could delay the spread of the virus in your body. Carla Satchel, a professor at Northwestern, described it to us like this.
1: Anything that slows down this cycle of one virus makes 100, 100 makes 10,000, 10,000 makes a million, anything you can do to slow that down gives your body time to mount this immune response.
0: Chloroquine is thought to do some other stuff too, like dampen down inflammation, which is a big part of why this coronavirus makes some people so sick. Okay, so that's how researchers think chloroquine might stop this virus. But does it actually work? Well, there are a couple of studies done in Petri dishes where it looks like putting chloroquine onto cells protects them from getting infected with coronavirus. And we got a hold of some very early, unpublished data coming from a clinical trial in China. It had around 200 people in it, and it found that those who got chloroquine, well, their fevers went away faster than those who didn't. But what might have kicked off a lot of this talk of chloroquine was a study out of France. It took 36 people with this coronavirus and gave 20 of them hydroxychloroquine. Some of them got an antibiotic too. And the researchers said that this treatment eliminated the infection in some patients.
1: It did look very promising, but um, kind of our, the, the attitude that's been going around is that it should be viewed with, with caution.
0: The reason that Matt isn't that excited is because the study was basically a small grab bag of different patients, and not all did well here. One died, three were sent to the ICU, and just generally, it's a pretty small study.
1: It's definitely a good first step, and it's definitely meaningful, but there's still a question of how meaningful.
0: On top of this, another small study of 30 patients in China found that hydroxychloroquine didn't help their symptoms. So what to make of all this? Well, we need more data. And there's actually more than a dozen clinical trials looking into this right now. And one of them is Matt's. In the last week, his team has started recruiting people from all across the country, and he's trying to see if hydroxychloroquine can help people who are sick. But also, in a separate part of the trial, they're giving it to people who have been exposed, like healthcare workers, to see if it can keep them from getting the virus. They've already enrolled around 500 people.
1: Quite a few in a very short amount of time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When do you think you'll get results?
1: We're hoping in four to six weeks near the end of April have a preliminary sort of thumbs up, thumbs down answer on whether this is
0: working or not. Four to six weeks. And while we're living in self-isolation, this might feel like an eternity. In the land of science, it's the opposite. Many trials like this take years to recruit enough people and then analyse the results.
1: But honestly, it's, it's a, a, an insanely fast turnaround time in a clinical trial. I mean, Pardon me, uh, it's not coronavirus, my cough, at least.
0: That's right. We're social distancing. We're, we're social distancing. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> at least we're over the phone, so it's different.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, since we we are in desperate times or we're heading into desperate times, for doctors on the front lines now, if they do have patients that aren't doing well at all, should they just give them this drug, you know, given even with this preliminary data we've got?
1: Well, I mean... I think ethically it would be very questionable for me to without any solid human data to to give that kind of recommendation unfortunately.
0: But I guess we you know we've got the French data, the Chinese data that's promising. I feel like we've we've tried things with less data in the desperate times.
1: We don't know if it will work yet, we're we're optimistic that it will, but yeah, you know as a physician I I don't want to give anyone the impression that this medication has been proven to work.
0: Some academics that we reached out to agreed with Matt. Others said that for desperate doctors on the front line who are running out of options for their patients, well, chloroquine might be a good option now. But everyone agreed that for us at home, until there is more data, you should not be taking this stuff for coronavirus. Already, we're hearing that the demand is creating shortages. And remember, there are people who really need this drug for other stuff, like lupus. Meanwhile, Dan over at the Poison Centre in Phoenix has some wise words for us. If you're seeing any exciting stuff online or Uncle Bill forwards you some cure-all, he says...
2: There is no such thing as a miracle drug. And that's an important message for everyone to know there are no miracle pills. Um, that's, and that's science fiction.
0: So, we don't know if chloroquine will save the day here. There's some promising research, but then there's some not-so-promising research. That's all part and parcel of living in a pandemic and doing science on the fly. At least with this drug, though, the way science is moving, it looks like we won't have to wait too long until we get better data. If you want to hear more about the science of the coronavirus, you can search for our main feed. Go to Science Versus, that's Science VS. We'll have new episodes out on Mondays and Thursdays to help you digest all the information coming out about this pandemic. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.